Welcome to beautiful Las Vegas, where we are here at Shop Talk, where thousands of people from all over the world are congregating to talk about what's exciting and new in retail and the technology that will unlock it. I'm Matt Rubel, your host of Retails from the Frontline, brought to you by MasterCard. And we have two spectacular individuals here with us today who have some very exciting and unique and different ideas on things that are coming forward in the retail world. We have Shrenik Sadalgi, who is the head of Next at Wayfair, which is one of the great new shopping companies specializing in home here in the United States and doing some amazing things. And Shrenik, before I get to your partner today, just tell me real quickly, how did you get involved in technology? So I've been a technologist all my life. So I've always been interested in computer science and software. And so I grew up thinking that. And then I kind of followed that path. And then here I am today, like building the next generation experience for retail. So from childhood on. And so we have somebody else who is really special and done some amazing things in really, I'd say, accidentally on purpose, creating one of the most dynamic and exciting new concepts in retail out there. It's Chris Bazola who is the CEO and founder of Need Supply Company, a luxury goods company founded out of Richmond, Virginia. Now, that's a first for me. Tell us a little bit about kind of yourself and how did you end up starting a business that was about this in Richmond? Out of college, I was a trader for the NASDAQ for two months and I hated it. So I quit and went back to Richmond, Virginia and got into a couple of different entrepreneurial projects. And one of those was a vintage Levi's store that I started with $1,500 and 300 pairs of jeans. And that was in 1996. And we've just continued to innovate and change the product mix over the last 23 years. And here we are now selling premium and luxury brands globally. That's fantastic. And so we have a person who started with product in Chris and a person who started in technology. We can only imagine how your crib was when you were young, (laughs) you know, Shrenik, in terms of all the digital things that were going on in there to kind of make it a total experience. But one of the things that we've noticed with the way in which consumers shop today is that they're much savvier about online. But what are the key things that you've seen out there that have been able to make the online shopping experience more real for the consumer, therefore the thing that they would be most excited to engage in? Shranek? Yeah, so when, like, Wayfair, we sell, like, home goods, right? So it's home goods selling it online. It's it's a very visual category. So you think... If I have to sell, let's say, a couch online, then we need to kind of figure out how to merchandise the product correctly, right? So we're basically producing really, really rich imagery, and we're doing that through computer-generated imagery. So the technology that's in the movie industry today, we're kind of adopting that and actually producing imagery that's kind of accurate and also at the same time very rich for the customer. So they're able to kind of get a better idea of the product. But if you take that one step further, digital versions of products can be placed in your home virtually where you can see Won't the alarm go off or something <laughs> how do you get into my home <laughs> so we do that it's it comes in through the wire so it's fine like, <laughs> so it comes into the airwaves so you can basically use the wafer app to visualize a product in your space on a mobile phone 
at the right size in the context of your space. So I take a picture of my room or? No, you can do it live. You just open up whatever product you're looking at. There's a button called view in room that you can just tap and it shows you your camera feed that's live and it shows you the product in your space sitting on your floor and you can walk around it. You can see the textures in detail and you can buy it. It answers two big questions. Does it fit and does it match the context of our of your space. So you just streaming it live and then how do you populate it with things that bring it to life? So that's something that we're kind of working on where you can actually see the functionality of, let's say, a sofa bed. How do I demonstrate how to make the sofa into a bed, right? Can I do that live in your space while you're watching it through your camera feed? So that's something that's kind of coming up. But for now, I think what we're doing is just letting you visualize pieces of furniture that like, like you've never done before. So this is, we're literally bringing the store to your home so, so you can shop from home. So or- Chris, you bring fashion product to people via a digital and a store experience. I mean, you've got stores in Richmond and in New York Japan. and Seattle and Japan. Yes. Yeah. Well, Japan and I think Richmond have a lot in common, yeah. but how do you, how do you kind of bring, bring it to life both in store as well as online? You know, the physical experience, the way that people engage with the store is super important for the brand. I think it gives a context to the brand experience and creates a soul for the company and for the brand. And so what we will do is have, and we're in Richmond, right? So people, our customers, most of our customers are in New York, so they're not going to come to Richmond for an event. But the events, there's lots of photographs, lots of content created around the event, and then that's shared out on our digital platform. So you actually create content and push it out to people. Are they able to engage in that content as well? They can engage on the on platforms like Instagram and Twitter or Facebook. But part of the, what we do is create authentic editorial content that we share with our customers through email, through the websites to build a certain sense of trust and share values with them. And so... I, hate, I don't like to use the word that we push it out to them. I think we share it with them and hopefully create a conversation. Well, talk about push and, and share. So you both are focused on the millennial consumer in terms of who your primary consumer is, both at Wayfair and at Need Supply Company. In looking at that, do they shop differently than the generation before them? So I think today, I think our customers, like we're getting into the millennials. I think we're not there yet. So I think some of these online digital experiences will be more adopted by millennials because they're so much more used to digital technology. So I think it's going to happen very soon. So technology is something that's being embraced by all. But one of the things, Chris, that that I know you're doing at Need is you're really about not value as in the price, but value as in the values behind the product. And so is that something that's really kind of motivating this next generation more than generations before? And how do you bring that story to life in a way that really is relevant and exciting to them? It is a a critical piece of why the millennials will purchase from you, I think. So that the authentic cultural content that I talked about earlier that we share out is a way that we build trust and that we share our values with the consumer. And so that's, and so our consumer engages and feels that they have a, a brand that has similar values. I, I think most millennials will purchase from a brand that they feel has similar values. And that's super important to the, this generation, the way that they, they shop. So I want to add something to what Chris is saying. Like, so you're right. Like, I think there is like an engagement with a brand that's through a digital channel. For us, I think like people expect 
to buy, to be able to buy things online today. Like that's just like become an expectation. So I think we're getting to a point where you're going to be a lot more comfortable buying a couch online. And that's kind of what we're basically powering. We're removing the friction from that process. And so the digital, I guess, the way of shopping online is just becoming a way of life. And so I think we're embracing that. And I think we're, we, we want to kind of empower our customers to be able to do that. Bringing home shopping to their home. Yes. So that's really what Wayfair is, is focused on. But the new luxury consumers or the new consumers live in a global cultural community. And that's part of what Chris was talking about. And so how, how do you create more of a sense of community through technology at Wayfair that enables the customer to kind of engage more broadly? Yeah, that's a good question. So we have a design experience that we're, we're hoping that will become a collaborative way of shopping online. So when you think of like, if I want to buy, let's say, a couch for my home, right? If I'm not the only one who's going to make this decision at home. It's going to be my wife, maybe my family, my friends, like, you know, who kind of all a part of the decision. So it is like a kind of, a, there is a social aspect to, I guess, purchasing online. And so that's something that, yes, we want to kind of improve. So communal shopping together, like, honey, what do you think? Right. I want to go and let's change the fabric out and let's do that. So it becomes more communal in an intimate decision-making way. So when you look at community and how it kind of creates a place to share, engage, and shop, how do you look at it? I mean, it's very interesting how they do it over at Wayfair. How do you do do that over at Need? I mean, I think it's very similar in the sense that our consumer, I was just reading comments from a customer of ours last week, and he described the way that he engages with our site, which is once a week, maybe twice a week, he comes to the site and he browses through, he saves some things to his cart, he takes some pictures, texts them to a group text he has of some guy friends that he hangs out with and wants to know, hey, is this, does this work? Does that not work? He's on Instagram browsing. So similar to what Shrenik was talking exactly, about in terms of sharing with the family. And then know. eventually he's going to pull the trigger and buy that item. There's influence and community that's all happening all through the process. Yeah, so if, if, you, if you build the right tools to help this happen, there's like a big win that, that you can kind of... And I also think getting out of the way, like we just, we, we want to make sure that we have beautiful images because they're more likely to share those images and, mm-hmm. and allow them to share those images and the content that we have on the site. So, because that's what they're going to do. Yeah. So really the inclusion aspect of what you both are doing is enabling people as opposed to saying, hey, you have to come to the shopping mall with me or the store with me. I can just forward it, share it. We can do a group share. There's different ways. And that creates a sense of kind of solidarity and, and commitment and engagement in your, in your brand. And that's, and that's something new. Did you say mall? Mall. (laughs) Well, you know, we have an interesting conversation I had with some people around malls, and they are trying to kind of get faster and and kind of create a more dynamic experience. So let me me put it to you both, because the the gang from the malls was saying, hey, we can entertain you more, okay? Do you believe that you can entertain as much online and create as much of a social experience online as you can when people are actually interacting together in a space? Our millennial customer, I don't think, we're talking about it broken up into the digital world, the online world, and the physical world. They don't see us that way. They're experiencing us on their phone. They may stop by after brunch on Sunday and go through the store. They may come to an event. They may look at pictures from a friend who visited the store and posted to Instagram. There's no physical and digital world for this generation. They're just touching. There's all these different touch points. And then when the transaction happens, 
doesn't really matter to us. They it's, get beamed everywhere. It just <laughs> it just happens. It's either the store, it's online, and I think. When we look at the different markets and like a brick and mortar strategy was what somebody would ask, right? It's not so much our channel strategy. It's not so much digital versus brick and mortar. It's more geographical because that's how people are alive and they live somewhere, right? So like if we were going to move into Chicago, we could do that with a brick and mortar store, a distribution center, a pop-up, physical marketing, digital marketing. There's all these different ways that we would look at each market to determine how we were going to get there in front of them. Yeah, I've experienced that. So coming back to you, Shrenik, where Wayfair, you're only online, right? Mm -hmm. Are you missing something by not having that physical space because it is all morphing together? I mean... No, so I think we can do it better online. I think that's our philosophy. Like when you go to a store, or you go to a mall, right? The context, especially for our for the space that we're in, the context is just completely missing. Like, you know, you, you have to kind of... There's like, imagine the round trips you have to make to, to buy a couch, right? You have to measure your space, figure out like if you need to, if there's space in your house firstly for the couch, go to the store, check the measurement of the couch, then come back home. And usually in stores, like there's this huge ceiling, tall ceilings and you, the, the couch and everything that looks like. If you fall in love with it and you want to kind of say, oh, this will fit at home, but you're not kind of being objective about it. And so when you think of that whole process, right, if you can do it at home, like it's, it's a lot more powerful. And so I think that we can do it better at home. And so that's why we're... So how do I feel the swatch? So that's a good, that's a really good point. So yes, you're right. That's something that I'm working on actually. <laughs> so oh, our team is so working I on can that. virtually so, feel a swatch or are you well, going to just press a button and it'll arrive at my house the next day? So today you can do the press a button and it'll arrive at your house the next day. But we're getting to a point where we want to be able to enable this feel and touch digitally. And so that's kind of just, it's a research experiment right now, but it's, you know, it's something that we're thinking about. One day it'll be, it'll be possible. For now you. you've got me fascinated. Goes, how we're going to be able to digitally feel and touch something? It's going to stick happen. our hand into the computer. Well, it's going to happen in so many different ways that I guess we'll just wait and see how it how it kind of unfolds. Is this through virtual reality and kind a of creating bit. augmented yeah. reality and how you kind of walk into a space? And it's like if I go to Disney or go to you know Universal or sit in one of those multi-dimensional yeah. well, it's shows, it's it's something that squirt me. Well, at some point, like it'll hopefully become like you think of how augmented reality like four years ago it wasn't you know it was very much a research kind of theme and today it's like available in your pocket right so just like that i think today there are these gloves that you get you these like big rigs that you can get for figuring out feel of things and so eventually it'll, you'll miniaturize that technology you'll kind of distribute that out it'll happen so I'm, i mean it's just like we're thinking about it it's not it's just a it's a thought so there's more dimension to yeah. the way in which we retail that's coming and so the tools we don't even know some of the exciting things that are that are yeah. moving down the road there's definitely technology out there it's a matter of like figuring out how to adopt it but bringing it back to curation of product at wayfair it's a marketplace where they've got virtually access to almost everything that you can have and then it's about decorating out their home but one of the things that the the emerging generation is wanting more and more of is to have products you can't find everywhere and to have unique and individual approaches to things, some of which is unlocked through how you decorate, but then it's how do you curate your own sense of style? How, how do you enable that? I mean, we're taking a different approach than the marketplaces in the sense that we do a lot of curation and have a very strong point of view. And uh, not only do we bring things to the site that our customers discovering there, but we also are mixing the product together and sorting it in a way that is unique. It's a unique point of view that they're not seeing on other sites. And so it creates a level of confidence to the customer that they can come on and 
someone with a level of certain level of taste has said, hey, these are the products that are the best out in the marketplace. This is how they should be merchandised together. This is how they should be worn. That's what our customers are looking for. Well, and you both are sellers of multiple brands and multiple yeah. types of products. And so do you have an overarching story that you tell within your company? How do you bring each individual's brand story to life? We bring our brand story to life through editing the other third-party brands and the way we present them. So one of my favorite comments that someone posted on Instagram about our store was, I know Need Supply has hundreds and hundreds of third-party brands, but when I go to their site, it feels like a mono-brand site. It feels like a single brand, the way it's put together. And to me, I was kind of like, perfect. (laughs) (laughs) That's funny. It's about a discovery of something that's all under one eyeball, one, one kind of clear point of view. Exactly. The same with us too. Like I think we're people who shop at Wayfair think the same. Like they they think of Wayfair as one brand, and we are basically removing the friction about out of. So let's say if we can group the right sort of products together and call it a specific thing, let's call it. Let's say you know we get Bohemian furniture and call it Bungalow Rose, right? And so that's kind of one of the brands that we sell. And so we, we're like you said, we're kind of curating that collection and actually inspiring our customers, saying that hey, if you want Bohemian looking furniture, then Check out Bangalore Rose on Wafer.com. So inspiration versus aspiration. Yes. The luxury, the young luxury customer, what I refer to as new luxury, you know, they're purchasing things from brands that inspire them, not brands that are aspirational. Mm -hmm. They're looking to buy from brands. They're signaling that that consumer wants to signal not in a way that the previous generation did, which is, hey, I paid a lot for this. They're signaling and saying, hey, I have some cultural knowledge about why this brand is important, why this item isn't easily found. And then that's what's driving those purchases. So they're what, giving it context. Yes. yes. So, well, the two of you have done some amazing, uh, amazing things. Chris, you're a CEO, you're a founder, you're a dad, a husband. you got a lot of things going on in life, whether you're in Richmond or in, in Japan. If I went to Google, all right, what would I not be able to find out that would be interesting about you? My favorite movie is Forrest Gump. Ah, there we go. So we're going to have to get that posted. Forrest Gump, life is like a box of chocolates. You never know what's inside. So is that the epitome of it? That's funny. And what would we not know about you, Shrenik? Well, I do a lot of motorcycle riding. So maybe that's kind of something that would be interesting to people. Not sure. What kind kind of motorcycle? Are you a Harley guy? No, no, not at all. I'm like a, I guess, urban street kind of motorcycle person, like a Triumph. That's great. Well, wow. we can we can get you to ride your motorcycle. We'll get Chris on the back of it, and we'll go see a movie called Forrest Gump. So we'll have <laughs> a great, like an great, great afternoon, a lot of fun. Two people who look at emerging retail in very different ways, but come back to community and a sense of things. Is there any one thing that you really want to kind of sum up as what you think is most important about need? supply company and and what you really think we should all know about the this emerging consumer. Yeah, I think that the luxury market is changing. It's this combination, it's this meeting of streetwear, premium streetwear and luxury fashion and it is going to be completely different than what it's been like over the last two decades. Shranek? It's interesting the way computing has evolved and I feel that retail has evolved along with the computing. And I think you think of how like from mainframes to PCs to tablets to mobile phones, like the next your next computer is going to be somewhere on you. And so you're going to be able to use your space as your screen. And so we're kind of in that context, what does retail look like? You know, so we're trying to answer that question and we're basically spatial computing is what this kind of 
So wow. I'll leave you with that thought. As well, just a I think Shrenik has coming. just blown my mind in terms of now I am the screen. So a very large screen at that. So yeah. um, I can be the large screen in your in your living room. Anyway, we've heard some really amazing things about how you look at retail, whether it's starting with a consumer product, the value system, the storytelling, or, or whether it's the communities bringing them together through technology and unlocking things really together. And that's really what retails from the front line is all about, where we can bring you the inside story of what's going on. That's why we've come to Shop Talk, where everybody is convening right now to talk about how technology and the consumer come together in a new way. And we want to thank MasterCard very much for sponsoring Retails from the Frontline. I'm Matt Rubel, your host, and it's been great having a conversation with Trenick and Chris today. Thank you. Thank you, Matt.